0: Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: Regular listeners to Zoomer Radio will know that this is a cause close to my heart. Bladder cancer is the fifth most common form of cancer in Canada, and yet it's near the bottom of the list for funding. An estimated 80,000 Canadians are living with bladder cancer, and at least 8,300 more are diagnosed every year. My mom, Sandy, succumbed to bladder cancer in 2012 after a three-year fight. And for the past two years, I've turned my interest in cancer advocacy to support bladder cancer awareness and research. Joining me in studio are David Gutman, co-founder and past chair of Bladder Cancer Canada, and Andy Orr, bladder cancer survivor and group facilitator of a Toronto area support group. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Nice to have you both here, David and Andy. Uh, David, I find this fact puts bladder cancer funding in perspective best. Bladder cancer awareness is at the same stage that prostate and colon cancers were 10 to 15 years ago.
2: That's right. And, um, well, we've been in existence since 2009, and uh, I can say virtually in 2009 no one had heard about it. Uh, luckily today we we go down the street and we speak to people and uh, meet people who are in the hospital they've they've actually heard about it so that's that's a good start Um, and with the awareness walk that we have coming up and the awareness campaign that is currently uh, in place uh, I hope many of your listeners have uh, seen it and that is see red see your doctor Um, it's becoming a a better known uh, cancer.
1: Let's talk about it in terms of how it affects the genders. It is typically more a man's disease than a woman's disease, right?
2: That is absolutely correct. It's the fourth most common cancer in men and the 12th most common cancer in women. Uh, because the symptom of the, the major symptom is uh, blood in the urine. Uh, medically, they call it hemateria. And it can be gross hematerial, that is blood that you'll see uh, in, in the toilet, or micro hemateria, which it will be picked up in the lab after your doctor has done a test, um, is the result. So therefore, with women, it does get caught up in uh, menstrual cycles and so on, that, that that is more difficult. It wouldn't be as noticeable. noticeable.
1: Right. And typically, and uh, as you and I have spoken about before on this program, uh, as was the case with my mother, doctors don't, ten- they think it's a urinary tract infection. Their first, because it's the 12th most common cancer for women, it's not the first thought when, when a woman comes in to say, there's blood in my urine. And yet, the doctor should be thinking that it could be bladder cancer, right? Absolutely. So uh,
2: this is where the awareness campaign comes in, and uh, get to your doctor. Get beyond. Try to get beyond your your family doctor to urologist uh, who can properly diagnose it.
1: And push it as a woman. Say this is what I want. Yeah. It's okay to tell a doctor that this is what you want. Absolutely.
2: The, uh, the fatality rate with women is far greater, even though it's, it's uh, you know, 12th most common cancer with women and 4th and men because it's a, a later diagnosis. 416-360-0740,
1: 740 4740 If you have any personal experience with bladder cancer, any stories you'd like to share with the rest of our Zoomer Radio listeners, good news, bad news, it all helps with the awareness. Uh, in term we know what the symptom is see red see your doctor why would a person get bladder cancer is it mostly a genetic disease I know that lifestyle can factor into it as well um, well that's interesting question
2: because uh, very little research has been done on bladder cancer um, they know that uh, a majority of people who have bladder cancer have smoked uh, in the past or are currently smoking so and and have been involved with chemicals uh, Those are two there is some genetic uh, Similarities or, or, or connections in that as well bladder cancer Canada is supporting a, a, the first as we know in a worldwide um, a, What do I say a database of? of uh, patients uh, to start determining uh, where how the bladder cancer is started and uh, the best treatment plans it's called the Canadian bladder cancer information system as I said it's it is a world leader it was uh, conceived by our medical advisory board and uh, it is at early stages And uh, it is set up so that once we've proven that it works, uh, other countries will pick up on it. It is already, uh, some international researchers have already learned about it.
1: Now, David, you've been cancer-free for 20... uh, Close to 22 years now. That's fantastic. (laughs) It is. And and Andy, your story, we want to hear your story as well. This is a much more recent experience for you. That's right.
3: I was, uh, I noticed blood in my urine about a year and a half ago. And I talked to my GP, and I was quickly referred to a urologist. They did an operation. My wife, who was alive at the time, told me that that doctor diagnosed bladder cancer, but I didn't even hear him. I find that when I'm under big stress, I don't hear things. Hopefully, it's only the bad things I don't hear. Anyway, I was referred to another doctor who then removed my bladder. So my bladder was taken out in February of last year. My doctor said I would be dead at this time if I didn't have the operation, right. so I chose to have the bladder removed. And I've had four CT scans since, and each one has shown me free from cancer.
1: Now explain to us, and that is such great news, uh, your your cancer was contained then. It had not yes. spread beyond your bladder. That's right. And those, are, those, those success rates are very high for people in that situation, right, David? That, that is right. Um, let me let me tell your your audience that
2: uh, there are two basic types of bladder cancer. Uh, one of them is a non muscle invasive bladder cancer. Uh, we call it a pussycat with claws. It's a pussycat because it can be you know, it's it's not that bad, but it's cancer, it's got claws. That's eighty percent of the people have that. And and um, th- that is controlled by a going into to the uh, Doctors to the hospital, and you have a, a treatment plan set up, and they can they, they monitor you. They they give you the treatment called BCG over a period of time, and usually that you can contain that cancer. So the pussy cat remains a pussycat as long as you get that treatment. of the people get uh, patients are diagnosed with muscle invasive bladder cancer again using that same analogy we're now looking at a tiger and if that tiger isn't tamed immediately tamed taken out of your body um, you're in trouble because if it's contained within the bladder uh, your chances are far better than if it uh, metastasizes, breaks through the bladder. So again, early diagnosis, uh, getting to your doctor, getting them, as Andy had the good fortune of having his doctor remove the, uh, the bladder before it, it, it spread. And that was in my case as well. I was very fortunate.
1: Right. And, and, you know, my mother also had her bladder removed, but it was too late. It had already, little microscopic bits of the cancer had traveled to other parts of her body. And inevitably, once a cancer has metastasized, it's really just a matter of time. At least that's at this point with cancer research, that's where we're at. Andy, tell us, explain to us how you live without a bladder. How is your life different from mine? Um, after a while,
3: there's not much difference. One gets used to it, like glasses or something like this. But I don't know the technical term, but there's part of my innards, shall I say, that is sticking out through my skin. Mm-hmm. I stick a pouch on that, and that the urine collects in that. Right. So I drain it every so often, and I change the bag about once a week. Other than um, making sure I have supplies with me if something goes wrong, life is pretty well normal. I mean, we're all getting older, but... Um, it's if the day-to-day things are not that great. Yeah, not and, and that you, you significant.
1: It's not even noticeable under your clothes. No, I remember that with no, my mother, you no. couldn't even tell. You, yeah. know, you just wear the the right clothing, and you can't even see it.
3: I haven't tried swimming, but uh-huh. um, I know some people do. But you can, though,
2: right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's that's my sport, and right? I, and I swim on a regular basis.
1: And no n- big deal. N- no,
2: no
3: big do deal. Do you
1: keep the bag on while you're swimming? Or Absolutely. It, oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to maintain a normal life. I think so. And you never have to run to the bathroom right? <laughs> there's never any emergencies. All right, let's take some calls here. We're talking about bladder cancer on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Jane for Libby, 416- 360- 740 740-4740. Tony and Lindsay, go ahead.
4: Yes, I called them. Um, it's funny. This whole weekend I've had those kind of symptoms uh, and uh, a burning sensation with the blood uh, off and on. And then it Kind of went away, and I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. They couldn't put me in until tomorrow. Uh, but I started drinking cranberry juice uh, yesterday and day four, and it seems to have gone away. The burning sensation is the only part that really, uh, and, and sporadic uh, urination. Um, is that maybe a bad bladder? I mean, I'm not asking for a diagnosis or No, no. I'm just asking for a little bit of your advice. And
1: it's great that you are seeing your doctor tomorrow. And based on what you're hearing today, Tony, maybe you'll be asking some other questions as well. David?
2: Yeah, I would say, Tony, um, I I was going to pick up later on, blood in the urine isn't the only symptom. It's the urgency and the frequency that also come up. Um, And if you've got the three of them together, uh, I would look your doctor in the eye and say, guarantee me that I don't have bladder cancer or put me into the routine of making sure that I'm going to get you know a quick uh, diagnosis to, to confirm that it isn't.
0: Because I had
4: it about a year and a half ago. and he's, When I went in, he goes, we got a bladder felt in, and everything goes with swollen. He got a bladder infection, gave me some antibiotics, and it went away. And now about a year and a half later, and I'm staying at a cottage up here. And it's cold at nighttime. I know two nights ago, it was really cold up here. And, and, boy, I had to grab stuff and wrap it around my hips and everything no. um, just to keep it warm. And it seemed to help a lot, and it went away. And then the next morning, I got cranberry juice. I've been drinking it. And it seems to, and now I can hardly feel it. But I'm still going to see my doctor tomorrow. though. No, absolutely. So, and well, I love this show. I love what you're doing. This is great. Okay,
1: thanks, Tony. Appreciate your call. Thank you, Sunny in Richmond Hill. You're on Fight Back. Go ahead. Oh, wait a second. Sunny's still be chatting with our producer Dave Woodard. So we'll we'll carry on here. Let's, David, talk about the numbers. The 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 2015 annual review, and, and, and the reason why I want to address this again is because Bladder Cancer Canada has come a long way with funding, but there is still a long way to go.
2: It certainly, certainly is. We uh, Bladder cancer funding... Uh, is one of the major cancers, as we said, the fifth most common cancer, and it's twentieth down on the on the list of of funding. Uh, Bladder cancer Canada, and we'll hopefully talk about it in a few moments. Uh, its main fundraising event is the walk, and we've raised uh, the money that we raise. We we pour it back into our, our programs and into research, and we have. Uh, Working with the Canadian Urology Association and uh, and our Medical Advisory Board have uh, come up with uh, a number of research funds uh, that have been, you know, been successfully put in place over the last couple of years and we've seen some major changes and people are now interested some new uh, young researchers are coming along and getting involved with with research but there's so much more uh, you know research that has to be done the major drug that is being used is bcg and that is over 45 years old um so uh, but as i say there are other you know there are other drugs that are now being in, going through trials and hopefully within the next couple of years we'll see some some major changes there.
1: You know if we look at the total income for bladder cancer Canada last year just over $614,000 of that came from funds raised by walkers in the Bladder Cancer Canada Awareness Walk. You and I are both walkers. Andy, I assume you're a walker as well?
3: (laughs) I plan to be. Yes.
1: Uh, This is our second, or it's my second annual here in Toronto. I know, David, you've been doing it from the beginning, uh, and this is just an opportunity for me as well to ask for your sponsorship uh, for for my efforts, uh, zoomaradio.ca. If you haven't figured out exactly where you your charitable funds are going this year. I certainly would appreciate if you would consider donating to Bladder Cancer Canada. And what's amazing about the folks at Bladder Cancer Canada is that basically all of the money raised for the walk goes to Research Awareness programs, very, very little of it goes to administration. So you can feel confident uh, if you do sponsor me for this year's Bladder Cancer Canada Walk, uh, which is coming up September 25th uh, in Sunnybrook Park at zoomerradio.ca. You'll see the link. You can feel confident that almost all that money is going to the cause. And that is so very important. Let's get back to the phones here. John in Guelph, you have a story to tell about bladder cancer? Hi, John. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, I, I had bladder cancer back in '97, and it was pretty aggressive. And I went to the doctor, and yes, I was uh, when I was doing the number ones. There was blood, <clears throat> and I also felt as it also felt like broken glass, which which uh, said that maybe I had prostate. But the doctor took it out. It was only a matter of two and a half months, and he operated, took the bladder out, and. Took another piece of organ from within my body, and made a bladder. Ah! Where the where the bladder came out of.
3: That's and a neal bladder. He,
5: and he said to me, he says, "No, he says, the rest is up to you. He says, you have to stretch it." And he told me I had to do twenty five Kegels every time I went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I did for ten years. I went up and I had the X-rays and everything else, and I've been been cancer-free since day one.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Fantastic. Since
5: the operation, I can do anything I want. Like the gentleman said, he goes swimming; I go swimming. I I have nothing on the outside of my body. Everything with me is on the inside, and I feel great. I'm seventy-six years old, and I'm, I'm healthy and I run and jog and, and, and swim and, and do, do whatever I want.
1: David, oh. what percentage of, uh, of bladder cancer survivors have the type of um, – it's a fake bladder, effectively. Yeah.
2: Well, okay, there are three types of, of bladders that the doctors can do once they remove the, the original equipment, so to speak. One of them is the erostomy. A rest, eurostomy bag, and they're all basically made with the ileum. That's a small uh, bowel, um, and it, it's how it's configured. Uh, so Andy has uh, explained that he has it coming out of his stomach, the side of his uh, abdomen wall, as I do, and I have a bag, a pouch. Uh in both our cases, I could assume that it maybe had been uh, difficult for the doctor, the surgeon, to be able to do uh, what uh, the gentleman who just spoke had. He has a neobladder, which is contained within the body. And uh, they, they both have different advantages. And then there's yet a third type uh, called an Indiana pouch. Um, And, you know what, as I'm saying these things, if if you're facing this uh, situation, uh, Bladder Cancer Canada has made available patient guidebooks uh, available online at our website, bladdercancercanada.org, or hard copies. Some are available at your doctor's office that explain the three different types. Uh, very useful for you to understand what is is out there and available.
1: So if you are faced with this disease and hopefully surviving the disease, that you can make an informed decision, an educated decision, bladdercancercanada.org. Andy, I don't want to run out of time before we talk about your support group, and then we'll get back to the phones. You're helping other bladder cancer survivors. That's correct.
3: There's a number of groups around the countryside, Calgary, Durham, Edmonton, Halifax, Ottawa, Toronto. We meet the last Thursday of each month where we meet at Wellspring Toronto. It's at 4 Charles Street East on the fourth floor, and we go from 10.30 to noon. And so a couple of things we do. There's a lot of practical advice. Oh, you can buy this equipment at this place. Uh, You can check out this. You can check out that. But another part of it is, is, I guess I'd call it emotional support. People are just feeling terrible and say, well, I went through this and I'm still here. I mean, I hear David and he's been around for 23 years mm-hmm. after and I hear some of the the callers and they've been around. This is encouraging because when I was first diagnosed, I thought, uh-oh, oh, I better... Hopefully, I don't owe anybody any money because they may not be around <laughs> to pay it back. So to know that others are going through this and they have practical advice for things that you wouldn't really think about or they know certain questions to ask the doctors and, and things like this. So there's, there's a lot of support out there. And uh, I find the support group
1: is, is picking up. We've only started it, oh, a few months back. And to get in touch with you, because I do want to talk to David about the walk. So, if somebody, this sounds like something somebody wants to join. My information is on the Bladder Cancer Canada website. Perfect. So, go in there, you'll look around, you'll find it. Okay, bladdercancercanada.org. And let's, uh, we have more calls. I feel bad we can't uh, get to everybody. We've got to wrap up here, but I'll be filling in for Libby again next month. So, maybe, David, you can come in again and we can continue our discussion. Um, We're starting to to raise money, raise funds for, for the big walk. And the, the, these walks are all across Canada.
2: These are, there are 20 walks across Canada. Let me just say that f- for your audience, the Toronto is the big one at Sunnybrook, as you mentioned, on September 25th. There's one in the Durham region in Oshawa uh, and in Mississauga. And the Mississauga one happens to be on the 24th, uh, the Saturday. Hamilton has a walk. Cambridge has a walk. All this information is available on our website, and we have a, a specific website for our walk. You can get to it through the, the other one that you mentioned. But if you go to bccwalk.ca, BCC, of course, is Bladder Cancer Canada, walk.ca, um, you can get all the information. We invite you to, to join. Uh, you can even join um, you know, uh, any team that is up there right now. And you can also start your own team. You can make a donation to to the fund, in ge- to the bladder cancer in general. We'd like you to come out. It's a wonderful time to meet other survivors. It is a
1: wonderful time. I really enjoyed it. And I had my closest family members, my husband, Myron, my dad, Bob, my kids, Jacob and Jamie, and some very close friends as well, Cassie, uh, my sister, Laura, come out. Uh, we were Team Jane Brown. We're going to be back again this year. Uh, so, yes, By all means, please, uh, bccwalk.ca for more information about this year's walk, or if you want to sponsor me directly, zoomerradio.ca. You'll see the link on the homepage. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Such you. Such a great cause to be raising money for. David Gutman and Andy Orr.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.